This is the first episode of the best of both worlds of wrestling. Featuring yes, myself, indeed. Khalil. I am Chris, aka Turk. And it's, uh, it's WrestleMania week. Exciting for us wrestling fans. Um, indeed. The people have no idea how long it has taken us to just uh, get this episode off the ground, which is hilarious. Oh man, listen. That's good to have. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> um, so I figured at the first episode, what better time of the year to uh, introduce ourselves during rest- at then WrestleMania week and introduce ourselves, sort of giving you an idea of what made us become wrestling fans uh, in the beginning and uh, you know some of our favorite moments, so on and so forth. So we're going to get into who we are. We're going to get into uh, WrestleMania week predictions. Obviously, we by the time of this recording, we got a show in two days, less than two days with the WrestleMania, essentially. So um we're absolutely excited, man. How you feel? I'm 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 you know what? I'm very excited about the big stories. Yes. I'm not as invested in like most of the undercard as I was in previous years, but Sammy. And KO versus big deal. That's a big deal. That's my that's my money right there. I'm into I'm into Ray and Dom, man. That's my, that's my shit. You know the, what? The Ray and Dom shit is my that's my shit. <laughs> that was a slow burn with the whole right on ret- was it not retribution? What they called uh, Judgment Day? Judgment Day, yeah, yeah. I, so Dom is like mad entertaining. <laughs> He's on his groove. He's hilarious, yo. And that last that last scene from SmackDown, he told his mother to shut up. I was rolling on the floor. I was like, this guy's out of control. And finally, when Ray hits him, that's the payoff. Man. I'm like, y'all did that at the right time. Yeah. yeah. They, know, they know what they're doing sometimes. They 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 make it work. I, I give them that. The undercard, I, where the undercard falls flat to me, I'll just say this now. We get into like some of our other stuff here on our agenda, but the the women's matches I don't doubt will be good. I think they'll be great, but the stories to me are not strong enough for the women's matches. I'm not as invested as I like to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tag matches don't have any stakes. So like, yeah, it'll be cool that I mean it's no problem that you want to get some of these people on the card. Y'all should say, yo, y'all win this match, y'all get a, t- a title shot next night on Raw. Yeah. Um, Some kind of incentive. But it kind of could work against you in another way because let's say Street Profits win, they're not going to beat KO and Sam the Nick Nana Raw. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like this. And, and they they are like overdue for a run. And it kind of bites them in the ass that way. Um, but that's how I kind of looked at it. That's where the undercar falls flat for me. I think the other stuff is the Omos and, and Brock thing is like your spectacle match. Yeah. It's, you know, so that's cool. Which is. You know, Seth and Logan is going to be a lot of fun, I think. You know, from See, an in-ring perspective, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I know that match is going to be fun. I just do not care for, like, the Paul brothers. No, I, I, I get that. Like, I'm not I'm not rocking with them. I understand that. They're I'll watch them. The ultimate capitalists, the Paul brothers. I understand. No worries. Um, so I'm going to get into, like, you know, well, I guess our genesis. I mean, I, I've known 
Chris since high school. That's how we know each other. And we did wrestling fans. You ain't gonna say how long ago that was though. No, no, we're gonna keep that. The salt, the salt in my bed might tell a story, but <laughs> you're gonna keep that cape. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh so that's where that's where things began between us. Um but what's like some of your earliest memories of, of, of pro wrestling you'd say? Like for me, it would be so I started watching wrestling with my dad and my brother. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was like old enough to like figure out what was going on and retain the information, Papa Shango and Bret Hart were the first two people that stood out to me. And Undertaker, three Papa people. Shango's my dude, man. I had nightmares about Papa Shango. He was scary, but I thought he looked cool. But he was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did look cool. I love the look, but he, nah. Like, my first nightmare was Papa Shango, like, poisoning my dad and killing him. Oh, that's nice. The whole black, spin up the black goo and everything, nah. But, um, yeah, that early, and we didn't watch week to week back then. Mm-hmm. Um, But, um, yeah, I would say, I guess that's what the new generation mm-hmm. era is when I started getting into wrestling. I think for me, my earliest memories, I would say, is like uh, the Rockers. That's when I like Shawn Michaels, my favorite wrestler ever. And I just I used to think, even in the tag team, I was like, Yo, this dude is cool, man. Like, I don't know who this other dude is, this Marginetti. That sounds horrible. But I'm like, this dude here, the girls go crazy for this guy. Like, he's yeah. cool as hell. Um, so I've been a Shawn Michaels fan since then. Bret Hart is definitely in my earliest memories. Hulk Hogan, obviously. I'll say this from Jump. I'm not, you know, I don't think this is like a, a pro Hulk Hogan uh, show it, with him and his antics at all. But yeah. being that we do some retrospectives, you know, we will have to recognize contributions from time to time. But don't make no mistake, like we're not rocking with dude. I'm not tearing off my yeah. anymore or none of that type of stuff. Yeah, we could we could celebrate the career and yeah. not celebrate the person. He's he's there for context and he's a big part of what we see today i mean so that that's just that's what it is but um but certainly remember him captivating ultimate warriors captivating i was i was definitely afraid of the undertaker um i don't think anyone was i i used to remember like ain't him and like the green smoke and like they used to kill that yeah i was scared of andre the giant i distinctly remember kamala being very afraid of the undertaker that shit is comedy that shit was comedy. I, I was extremely afraid of, of Andre the Giant. I had my one of my nightmares as a kid was like him chasing me in my crib. Like he was in the basement. This dude like ran after me, and I ran up the steps from the basement. You go up the steps to the kitchen, then through yeah. the dining room, then through the living room, then you go up the steps again to the bedroom. I jumped in my bed and I woke up. Like I remember it vividly. I was like, "Yo, what the?" And he was already dead by then. By the way. Like he was oh, already, he that fast, like 94 or something. He died like 93. I'm like, bruh, this dude is fast as hell for some fat dude, man. <laughs> uh, I I vividly. But um, but those are some of my first memories. I think uh I I remember like watching the barbershop thing with a uh, beefcake and stuff early on. Like those are some of my early memories. And uh, maybe it was the music and the the energy and the, the physicality, all that stuff. But I was I was captivated, you know. And, and and I used to wrestle my pillows and elbow drop like Macho Man from my pillows. Oh, listen, 
please. Like it was once the action figures started coming into play. It was, was kind of tight. I got rid of my Jack Pacific joints, man. I had I had a nice little collection like in junior high. But then I got to high school, I feel like I had to grow up. I got rid of all of it. I had a ring, I had a steel cage, I had a big ring too. And like it was fly. I had oh, garbage listen. cans and tables. I had a nice little thing going. I had like I had like a generic ring. It was it was a raw ring, but it was just like a regular ring. Mm-hmm. And um, like the first toys I got were WCW. So the, their first toys weren't even action figures that can move. They were just sticks, just figures in one pose. And I had the Steiner Brothers, Sting, Surfer Sting, and then um, I think that's it. And those were my first three. And then I had a, I had a Ron Simmons. That was the only WWE I ever had. I had a Ron Simmons as a kid. And oh, I, even, I had he had purple tights and the Jerry Curl. That's all I remember. <laughs> and yeah, I, even, I think I knew who he was, but like my crib, you know, the regional way of wrestling, my crib was a WWF house. So mm-hmm. I can remember asking my father for a magazine and knowing that we only watched WWF in the crib. He brought home, I remember he brought home a WCW magazine. Like I think Vader and Sting and Ric Flair was on the cover, maybe someone else. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so disappointed. I was like, what is this? Like, I was like four. I was like, bruh, you know we don't watch this here. Like, what do you what do you do? I asked for a wrestling magazine, and you know. You know what I think it is? Like, like so we got like the Caribbean background. Mm-hmm. And TVs down there only had a certain number of channels. Yeah. But one network they always got was USA. Mm-hmm. So Everyone in the Caribbean watched WWE. Everyone. Monday Night Raw, every Monday, Sunday Night Heat, when that was a thing. So I think that's why when we grow up here, yeah, and our, our parents watch, they know WWE, so we grow up knowing WWE. That's probably, and other things on our own. That's probably what it is. I remember going to Barbados as a kid, and like they were like a few months behind what was really happening, but I was like, I already saw a raw. They were showing a raw that was new, and I was like, I seen this shit like three months ago. <laughs> man, but whatever, yo, it was new to them. Listen, I watched which WrestleMania? The one where um, Batista won the belt. It was Batista versus Triple H and Cena versus JBL, right? That's, that's the last time WrestleMania went Hollywood. Yeah, that is. I watched that. My family's from Nevis. I watched that at my uncle's house in Nevis. Oh, that, man. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm not going to miss WrestleMania. When you're over there, you watch it on regular TV. It's not even pay-per-view. Yeah, it's not pay-per-view. Bro, I used to the Panama. I was like, yo, I'm going to, I'm catching all the summer pay-per-views. I'm watching Fully Loaded, Bashing oh, Beach. I was, I was in Panama when the whole Jeff Jarrett, Hulk Hogan shit went out at Bashing the Beach. I watched it for free in Panama. Oh. I was like, oh, this shit is fly. And then Booker T won the belt. I was hype. I was hype. They get that shit for free over there. But now the shit is $9.99. Like, it's what a time we live in, you know? And if you're real cheap, you can still pirate it. Yeah, if you really want to go through the trouble. You know, we're not publicly condoning just, pirating, of course. No. It's just, Never will we ever. It's reality. <laughs> That's all. It's highlighting reality. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, I thought something that would be uh, cool to get into also is, like, uh, chronicling, like, what were our first live events that we went to. Mm-hmm. So, if you could remember, you know. Oh, I, I, I remember because it wasn't that long ago for me. 
see for me i went my first event was in the new generation era and so it was like and i don't even really remember i don't think i asked to go like i just uh i remember my aunt took me to the to the circus mm-hmm. and I, you know you go into the garden in the lobby and you see like all these people that be performing yeah and i remember at that time they had pictures of like macho man the ultimate warrior i was like wait a minute i was like I was like, well, they do that here. Like, I didn't even, I never even understood, like, oh, you can go to this thing. I didn't even think about that. And I probably did, we probably went there when I was like six years old. She didn't get me the ticket. My mother eventually, at some point, in the lead up to WrestleMania 12, got a house show ticket for like, you know, how they always do their road to WrestleMania, yeah, or whatever type of thing. And so my mother, I think, thought she bought WrestleMania ticket because the shit said road to WrestleMania. I knew I was like I was watching the TV. I'm like, bro, I think that shit is gonna be in uh California. But you know, I said, whatever, man. If you say it's wrestling, man, we going, like whatever. So <laughs> we went to the house show. And what I remember, I, I have the card here actually. But what I remember is uh I definitely remember seeing the ringmaster, which is funny in hindsight. I oh, remember man. seeing Stunning Steve. Yeah, man. And he came out with Ted DiBiase, he had the bell, and Barry Horowitz was on the show. Uh, uh, George the Animal Steel came out and ate the, the turnbuckle. <laughs> and um, and the main event was Bret Hart and Undertaker with the purple gloves and whatnot mm-hmm. against Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Um, as we know, WrestleMania 12 was going to have Diesel versus Undertaker. Yeah. Shawn Michaels versus Bret in the main event. So they had that tag team match. And in this match, at the end, Diesel turns on Shawn Michaels and hits him in the. And you can actually find this footage on YouTube. There's like the, yeah. this whole match is on YouTube without commentary, but you can find it. Hits him in the back, and I remember like reacting like, "Oh my! Like how could you? Like I was so invested at like seven years old. I was like, oh, bro, you? They had just got cool again. They had some issues the prior year. I'm like, bro, they just got cool. And I was, I was, I was, I was fucked up over it. But um, what I have here is Aldo Montoya beat Isaac Yankum. So I guess I saw Isaac Yankum that night. Where's Kane? Republic Kane. I saw Justin Bradshaw <laughs> defeat Avatar. Wow. Avatar? Who the hell? Avatar was just incredible, I think, under a mask. Oh. Oh. I think so. Okay. If, if, if that was an Avatar, then Aldo Montoya was just incredible under a mask. One of the people was just incredible under a mask. Okay. Um, so the Godwins defeat the Body Donners. Uh, or oh, Body Donners. That's a yeah. I don't remember them. You know, uh, Chris Candido and and uh, Doctor Tom Pritchard. Yeah, with, yeah. with Sunny. Yeah. So I saw them. I saw Steve Austin defeated Barry Horowitz with the Million mm-hmm. Dollar Dream. Um, let's see. What else? I guess I did see Triple H that night. Okay, so yeah, Hunter Hearst Helmsley beat Duke the Dumpster Drozzy in a in a no DQ match. Duke the Dumpster, like if that doesn't scream new generation era, I know. I him know. and Bastion Booger, son Bastion. Yo, you, you ever you ever seen Bastion Booger finisher? No, what was it, dog? You got to it's so <laughs> one of my <laughs> wackiest matches. I love is uh from Survivor Series '93, and it was like. Men on a Mission and the Bushwhackers, and they all had doink stuff on, and they were facing the head shrinkers, 
Bastion Booger and Bam Bam Bigelow. And it's just a comedy ass match. But Bastion Booger finisher basically is if you on the ground, he will stand over your neck and he'll do this thing. Like he'll just go side to side. You know, he's fat and he's like, uh, he's doing this yeah. weird wiggly dance. And then he'll just sit on your neck. He just, he just plot himself. And this is the funniest sounded thing. And in that match in particular, like head shrinkers came, Alpha came to the ring with like turkey, like, you know, eating like savages and they had like bananas. So they, they were giving Bastion Booker food. Oh, so Bastion Booker got like a whole banana on his head and he's like trying to do his dance. It's a, it's a weird match. That finisher is hilarious. And then he tried to do it again. And then like somebody moved, like Mabel moved somebody out the way and then the dude sat on his own feet or whatever. And Bastion Booker. Madness. The uh, the rest of the car goes. Uh, Goldust feet pin Savio Vega. I think I vaguely remember seeing Goldust in there. Um, Ahmed Johnson pinned one two three kid. I know Man. I saw Jake Roberts that night. So Jake Roberts and Yokozuna with George Steele defeated British Bulldog and Owen Hart. And I think, and Jim Cornette was handcuffed at ringside. Hart Foundation shit. Lost? Well, they weren't hot actually yet, but they, you know they were cool. The both of them were cool. They wasn't quite there yet, but um, that was my first card. I was, you know, and I thought, you know, at that time, I think I saw everyone that there was to see. You know, I was yeah. like going, going to a wrestling show is basically like going to a music festival. You you can see many yeah. people at one place, you know, and so uh, I was hyped for that. But that was 1996. I think the date is March 17th, 1996. So. Damn, I wish I would have gone to one as a kid. That that one was something else. There, that's that's the same era. I kind of I thought Vader, yeah, Vader was on the show. I think I seen Vader. I thought Vader was on the show. Nah, Vader wasn't around yet. It was too early. I when haven't seen Vader. Still in Japan or WCW. I'm probably thinking about Boy Meets World, man, because that was it's still the same era. He was there like the next. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Arena and everything. That's true. You know what's funny? I saw Savio Vega wrestle live two years ago like he's still active you know black don't crack i don't know if he considers himself black but black don't crack not because he um he wrestles for he has his own promotion right he has a promotion in puerto rico mm-hmm. and he wrestles for mlw okay which okay. is like this eh, smaller indie mm-hmm. i know what, that what roh was in 02 right or 06 i'll say they but, um, my first show was not until let me pull this up. Let me pull this up. So I didn't go until I was already an adult. Okay. It was 07. So I almost revealed my age right there. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> um it was Ring of Honor, Glory by Honor. Four, no, Glory by Honor six, night one. They used to do back to back nights, Friday night and Saturday night. Okay. And it was at the Manhattan Center, legendary. Yes. Legendary Manhattan Center, which is that diner. What's the name of the diner by it? Is it the TikTok? No, it's not the TikTok diner, is it? I don't remember. There's like a diner like a block up from there. Okay. Before after the show you hang out, all the rest is coming in to get food, something to eat after the um, after the show. So if you want to be one of those people, those weirdos who 
Actually, let me not teach you how to stalk wrestlers. We're not gonna do that. Leave my girl. Leave my girl. Sonia Deville, shout out her too. Yeah, yeah, big time. Protect yourself at all times. Yep. So that show had Chris Hero. I don't know if anyone knows Chris Hero. If you know Chris Hero. Yes, yes. I I dabble. I dabble. He versus El Generico. People should know this, by the way. Like the whole idea of the title of this sh- sh- uh, of our podcast is like Chris is very adept with the indies, man. Like I'm not. I'm very much commercial. I don't watch the NCAA like that. I'm give me, give me the NBA, bro. Like give me. So <laughs> uh, Chris seen these guys on a come up. I'm like, bro. I know you. I know these people by the government WWE name. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, a lot of these dudes. I ain't know nothing about Lex Luger until I seen the narcissist. You feel me? Like, I don't know yeah. nothing about you on the come up. So that's sort of the basis of our philosophy sometimes when it comes to how we look at this, this industry. Yeah. My fault, man. Go ahead. No, no, no. They need to know. No, they need to know for context. But, um, so El Chris Generico. Say it again? You said El Generico was on there. Yeah. Who we, we all know, Sami Zayn. Yeah. Or allegedly, Sami Zayn. Allegedly. The story is El Generico died in Mexico saving orphans from a burning building. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> he'll get resurrected one day. Maybe not. <laughs> but that was a good match. So then it was the Hangman 3 versus Delirious and Kevin Steen, who we all know is Kevin Owens now. Word. So You saw these guys like when they were green, man. Green. Yeah, what behind it is. And the thing is, they were so good then. That's, That's why they're so good now, this late in their career. Because they were they, they they were green, but they weren't awful. Right. The match was still good to watch. Um, Austin Aries, who had a brief, brief run in NXT, I believe. Yeah, he, he had he had a he had a pre-show match with Neville. Yeah. Like heavyweight drink at Mania a couple years ago. It, it was a good match. But he's one of those. He's hard to it's not the talent, it's the person. Yeah. That keeps him from getting bookings. But um, that was a good match. That was a really good match. Claudio Castagnoli. Yeah, we know that guy. You know him now. If you don't that's know him, Antonio Cesaro, man. Yes. Those <laughs> when I recognize, yo. <laughs> and this is so when he was he used to so he's bald now. Back then he was balding and just refused to shave his head. And he used to wear like a suit jacket, a shirt, and tie these crazy tight. It was, it was, it had to be some Swiss, some Swiss shit. Was like doing bonds and shit. Yeah, it wasn't even because the, the tights were wacky in color. So okay. it, it just didn't look right, but he was still amazing. Okay. Still, he was smaller than he was, but still the strongest person on the roster, which yeah, is yeah. a testament to him. Yeah. But um, he fought this um Japanese dude, Naomichi Marafuji. Naomichi Marafuji. I don't know that. Dude. He is a he's a Japanese legend, basically. Okay. But um, but he's only wrestled on indies here in, in the U.S. He might have been on Impact once, once or twice, but that was when no one was really probably only me. I was only watching Impact at that time. I watched them um, back in the day, man. It, when they started switching channels too much, they lost me. But when they was on Spike, I was fucking with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they started, was, was, yeah. And when they was on Fox Sports Net prior to that, I think I was fucking with it. Like, Team Canada, shout out Team Canada, shout out 
Bobby Roode. That's how I, that's how I got put onto them dudes. Listen, the weekly pay per view days, man. They used to do it every Wednesday. See that? I never. I wasn't there for that. I didn't have cable at that time. I don't think. That's why I had uh-huh. to watch it. But I was hearing about it. I was like, can Shamrock over there? What's going on? You know? Yeah, nah, it was... nah, we don't, we don't, we don't have an episode about that. We don't have an episode about that. But, um, we pay for you, everybody. Who else? So it was the Briscoe Brothers versus the Angel of Fall. Jimmy Jacobs and Necrowitch. I believe Jimmy Jacobs has like a backstage role in WWE. He's like a producer or something with them now. Okay. The Necro Butcher, I don't know where he is. But, um, ah, here's a match. Tyler Black hey. defeats Alex Payne. Tyler Black, we all know now as the Drip God. That's right. That's Seth right. Rollins. That's right. Um, and that was, yeah, he was still rocking the two-tone here. He had, like, blonde on one side, black on the other side. And he was in, like, this little, little emo stable. Like they were the emo kids listening to Fallout Boy and shit. Okay, that's I can see that for him. Who else? Oh, and then Misawa versus Kenta. Mitsuharu Misawa, legend, absolute legend in Japanese wrestling. Japanese strong style. Him, Kenta Kabashi, okay. um, Jun Akiyama, all those. All those early 90s Japanese wrestling clips where they look like they're really trying to snap each other's vertebrae. He was part of that. Unfortunately, he died in the ring. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. I Ah. think it was was a lariat or something, but it, like, compressed his spine. And he, yeah. God damn it. So, like, the style he ushered in ended up being a style that End of his life and career. You gotta be careful. Man. Crazy. That's too um, strong. It's too strong. Yeah, but I'm glad I got to see that one matchup so I could say I saw one like Japanese great live. And he faced some Kenta. Who Kenta I seen on, on AEW. Like I dog, if I don't if, yeah. it ain't on, if it ain't on national televised commodified shit. I so mean, he was he was in NXT, but um oh I remember him. He had a different name, didn't he? Yeah, I can't remember what it was. He didn't really get much burn. He got hurt real quick. He got hurt as soon as he came in. Yeah. Came back a little, got hurt again. Was going to get called to the main roster, got hurt again. I remember that. And then got released out of his contract, which sucks because the matches he could have had in WWE, like if he was there now, matches with AJ, Nakamura, oh, those would have been incredible. Incredible. Cause he still got it. Like he's healthy now. He still got it, and um, he is the inventor of the go to sleep. Yes, and he will not let you forget that. <laughs> and then the main events of that match of that show was um, Takeshi Morishima. He's basically if. Walter before he lost the weight, okay, was Japanese. I'm a big Gunther fan. A big dude who just hit you mad hard for no reason. Okay, he wrestled Brian Danielson for the title. Oh, you see Daniel Bryan wrestle? That's why that match was amazing. I believe That's that why. match was. So they have been feuding for a while. They've had, I think I've seen them fight for the title two times at two separate shows. And like the through line was 
Danielson was this unstoppable wrestling machine, but can never beat Morishima. Okay. To the point in one of their matches, Morishima brutalized him so badly he fractured Danielson's orbital socket. Oh, That's a shoe? I think he hurt it during the match. Okay. And then they just reworked it as he caused the injury just so to add more fuel to the um feud. And then he finally beats him for the title. Bloody eye. It was amazing. Amazing. But yeah, ROH 07 Manhattan Center. That was my first live show. You probably look back at that like God, I seen some uh, I seen some legends. That's Listen, crazy. you know what the funny thing is? The second show I went to after that was TNA had a show at Webster Hall. I'm like, where the hell you found TNA in the in the north? Okay. It was in, the only show they've ever ran in New York, I think. That's kind of cool. It was in Webster Hall. And it was in a small room in Webster Hall. Wow. It was a fun show. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. See, I have, you know, I used to, there's a dude I went to school with that used to work with, uh, I was in college with this dude. He's, I don't know if he's still messing with them. He, he was messing with House of Glory here in New mm. York. And I never, I always meant to, they used to have like shows out of Ann, Missouri. And I just never been. But I've, I've been meaning to go. Um, oh, listen, that is so. House of Glory, you know, Amazing Red. Yes, I've heard of them. Like I've seen, yeah, it. a Puerto Rican wrestler from Brooklyn. Yeah, like was basically the innovator of the flippy style mm-hmm. that we see. Um, the oh, cold red is his move. That um, you know how the Canadian destroys a flipping pile driver. That's your fire though. Shout out P D Williams. Showing up that flipping, so you know the flipping power bomb, the cold red, amazing red invented that. Okay. But House of Glory is his promotion. It's his promotion and it's a wrestling school. It was a school I was gonna apply to mm-hmm. before the pandemic. A word? Yeah. You're gonna take bumps? Yeah, I was gonna take bumps, run the ropes, I was gonna do all that. Yes, sir. And then uh, I might still, you know, the wrestlers are wrestling well into their 40s now, so I might still. Yeah, science is in another place, is what they say. EP or Batista, late 30s, starting my career. But um but yeah, they're they're based out in Queens and they have they're actually getting up there. I believe Master P is an investor. No, I think I remember him getting involved in something like that. Yeah, he's or, an investor. I heard him starting his own promotion, something like that. Yeah. But um he but yeah, they have they do some good shows now. Like they're they're getting up there, so they get more high, more high profile um wrestlers on their shows. They've been out a minute. My, my, I remember that dude yeah. at least ten years. Like they've been out a good minute. I remember that. Yeah. Or Santana Ortiz come from that school. Um, I like Private that. Party. In AEW, they come from that school. Um, like it's funny, New York. So there aren't, there used to be not a lot of wrestlers from New York, mm-hmm. but now we have so many wrestling schools here. It's like, you got House of Glory, you still got, I think Johnny Rod's school is still open. And okay, then, so um, last week, I was getting my car from a garage in the city and they were doing a, it was a random channel. They were doing a whole news segment on Johnny Rod's wrestling school in, in Staten Island. This dude is 82 years old. It's still going. This dude. Still- Chopped one of his students. My man took that bump. He sold that bitch, boy. He, 
Like, oh. I was like, nah, man. He teaching them right. Ain't no way that's supposed to look like that. I'm no 82 year old. He was like, boom. My man said, bop. I was like, oh. Listen, I think he trained half the ECW. Yeah, I think he did. I think yeah. I want to say I could be wrong. I think he trained Taz, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Taz definitely. And I, I know that they came out of the school. Taz and the Dudley Boys. Nah, man, he, he's already maybe, maybe Tommy Dreamer because he's from Long Island. It's quite possible that dude's still going strong, man. Yeah, and then now Long Island has the um the Creator Pro School, so that's run by um. The Edgeheads, um, Zach Ryder, and um, well, they must be out in Suffolk. Say it again. They must be out in Suffolk. I'm guessing. That don't sound like a Nashville. Yeah, I think it's Suffolk. So MJF, shout out MJF, man. Chris Statlander. So many. I don't know who in WWE went or if. I'm not sure, but basically. A lot of people from like AEW and Impact now went to anyone from the NYC area. If mm-hmm. their build is from Long Island or Queens, they probably they probably went to that school. Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. Um, I think well, last couple of things we got on this show today is definitely definitely going to resume predictions uh, towards the end. But uh, what I thought would be fun to visit during um, this period this season is like some of our B-sides WrestleMania matches, like joints that we feel were good and just don't get enough shine when they when they highlight WrestleMania in packages and in different conversations. Um, so I have a list of about five or six matches that I think uh, they're just my personal faves. Um, I'm sure you got your your personal faves as well that, that give you a kick. Some of them over here, you might be like, what the hell, but is a sentimental to me. So I figured it'd be cool to get into that. Let's do it. I got one honorable mention, and it's not what anyone would expect, but it's uh it's from WrestleMania 5, and Jake the Snake fought uh Andre the Giant. And the and the whole story is that Andre the Giant is scared of snakes, mm-hmm. essentially, right? And so much is made the year before about Andre's health and he's slowing down and he's in a bad way, his back is fucked up. And the funniest thing about this match is as soon as Andre see that snake, this motherfucker was out. Like he hopped out the ring so quick, he jumped over the top rope. I'm like, I thought they said this dude was hurt. This dude was out when Damien came out. It's uh, just a funny match. Uh, Big John Studd is a special referee. It's not a quality match by any stretch. Yeah. But it's just yeah. it, it's just fun. And just to see Andre be committed to the character, like, oh, shit, that's a snake? I'm out of here. Like, that shit is hilarious. So anyone listening, if you've never seen that match at WrestleMania 5, you got to check out Jake the Snake versus Andre the Giant. Short match. Um, but I'll get into some of my faves right quick. So WrestleMania 9 gets a lot of flack. I get it. <laughs> Uh, I have it's sentimental to me because I think it looks really cool that that shit is just outside. I just think that's yeah. Great. The sunny yeah. most for the majority of the show was just sunny. Yeah, it looked amazing. It was in Vegas, right? It was in Vegas is a Caesar's Palace or in the Caesar's Palace parking lot. And yeah, it was it was just really cool looking. I thought it would have been even cooler, honestly, if Hogan didn't win the belt at the end because it really was a clear transition. Hogan was really in the mid card, 
Mm-hmm. It was him and Beefcake against Money Inc. for the tag titles. And it was like, when you watch the show, it's like, you know what? Maybe this is the time that you belong here, man. The people still ain't crazy. You got your pop. All right, cool. Like it was it was definitely a time for like fresh faces. It was it was Scott Hall's first WrestleMania. It was Bob Backlund was in that WrestleMania. Like it's just a it's just such a mix. Dwayne the Clown got a match against Crush, you know. Uh it's just cool. But but the, the match I'm choosing from that card that's one of my favorites is the head shrinkers versus the Steiner Brothers, which mm-hmm. is it was just a very what you would expect, hard hitting this match. Uh I think. The head shrinkers will get enough love, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, everyone loves the Kishi. I've been on this dude since head shrinkers. That's that's what I remember him Yeah. And I really thought skinny. even well, not skinny, but smaller. Smaller, you know. But I thought they were like so good. I knew they were bad guys, but they I mm-hmm. believed in them. And and uh and I just I fucked with them. And there's a bump in this match. I think that's why I made the why I made my list where Samu, I think, basically picks up. Uh, Scott Steiner, sort of like in a flapjack type of thing, mm-hmm. and he just he's in the middle of the ring, and he backs all the way to the to the rope behind him, and just drops Scott Steiner out the way. Like it's, it looks so crazy, like he just goes splat. So he takes him, plop, and and I feel like he really hurt himself. I don't know, but it was it was just a wild bump. Um, and you get to see the Frankenstein, but I, I I think that's one of the best matches on that card. That's one of my my B side favorites. Um. The Steiners need more love. Yeah, I, I don't respect them. I feel like they need more love because their matches are they hold up to this day. They're amazing. To mm-hmm. this day. Like some matches you watch and it's like dated. No, their matches still hold up today. Frankensteiner and them suplexes. Nah, they were a good time. Top rope bulldogs. Mm. Yeah, man. They they were they were all right, man. Um Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho for WrestleMania 19, which is still probably in my top five WrestleMania. I, I think it's a great WrestleMania, WrestleMania 19. Um, that match was just, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels, like I said earlier, my favorite wrestler ever. Yeah. Um, Jericho to me was like, I always say, like, he gave me my Shawn Michaels fix when Shawn Michaels was gone. And, uh, you know, this was Shawn Michaels' first WrestleMania back. It was just a, it was just a fun match. It was a good story. And yes. it just flows. It was just very uh, engaging. This is the one where he um Sean's wife gets punched. No, no, that was later. That was later because that was like that's when uh, Jericho cut his hair. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's right, that's right. So at this point, Jericho had the funny goatee and that type of thing. Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that match was going to be on my list too. That match was- I saw yours, and I was like, I, I got to take it off. There's a spot, you know, they a lot is made of like the WWE and their like camera work. There's a spot where like Jericho's like getting up and you don't see Shawn Michaels in the frame. And then all of a sudden, wow, he's switching, like his foot just come out nowhere in the camera and knocks him the fuck out. I was like, oh, nah. I love those. I love like that kind of frame. Sometimes they just really be on. Other times they'll miss Edge's spear in the Royal Rumble. There are other times they're very on point. Most times they're very on point. I'll be very confident. And the cuts thing are like recent memories. So I would think <laughs> back then when that match was happening, the camera, it was still... It was normal. Yeah, Kevin Dunn, I don't know yeah. what tweak off in the set, but it didn't tweak off yet. No, nah, no. Nah, that, that's definitely a newer type thing. Um, I love Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 8. Mm-hmm. I love the antics in that. You know, mm-hmm. Piper having to be a, a baby face, but still doing his little heel things here and there. Like, 
there's a spot in there where like he, you know, they used to do this thing back then where they'll like hold the, the rope open for you to show that they they cool with you. Yeah. So he told Bray, yeah, come on in, man. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna let the rope go and hit you in the nuts. Like, come on in. Oh yeah, no. No, he didn't. He he let him come in, right? So Brett comes in and it's like, oh, everything's cool. He's like, yeah, man. Then Piper goes, hey man, your, your shoes are tied, man. So then <laughs> Brett's like, oh, let me go tie my shoe. And then Piper goes, bah. Listen, hilarious, yo. Like that dude is a clown, man. And Brett is like one of the best to work off of. Like as a straight man, yeah. To Piper's antics, I know that shit just works so well. That shit had me dying to this day. When I was like looking, watching these matches over, like putting together this list, I'm like, bro, this shit here is comedy. And just playing with the crowd. There's another part in that match where like he has the bell in his hand. People used to fuck with the ring bells back then, Mm -hmm. and. He's like, I'm gonna hit him, and the crowd's like, No, no, like I'm gonna hit him, and then he goes, huh. He just throws it away. He's like, yeah, he's not gonna hit him with the. I like, guess it's just funny to watch man. how they would just play with the crowd. I think um, Rock Austin three from WrestleMania 19 is on this list also. I couldn't make this list without that. It's my favorite match of their trilogy, and um, oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. I just, uh, they keep saying, like, oh, if he was healthier, the match could have been better. Like, bro, that match is fire. You know, just the yeah. antics, Hollywood Rock having the space on WrestleMania. Like, there's no better version of The Rock, in my opinion, than Hollywood Rock. I wish yeah. he had that back. That shit was comedy. And and I, it really, really felt like he earned that win. So I got to give that love. Yeah. yeah. Especially, I think. I think that might be my favorite, too. I think the WrestleMania 17 match. It's a lot of people's favorites just because it was the peak of the business. Yeah, and it was just a bigger spectacle. The double turn, this, that, and they're like, it was just so much going on. But that match and seeing The Rock finally get the win. I was dying for that dude to win, man. Like, geez, geez. Jesus, geez. My last two matches are undertaking matches. Uh, mm. I'm going to go with this one first. I'm going to just say, uh, Taker versus Randy Orton, WrestleMania 21, the one you watched in Nevis. Yes. Uh, that was, like, to me, the beginning. Well, I can't say that, because Taker had some... Taker had began having more competitive WrestleMania matches a couple years before that. But, yes. but this match was the first one I felt maybe since... Yeah, this was the first match in a while where I felt like, oh, man, he might lose. Like, Randy Orton like, put up a pretty solid fight. Um... And of course, they got that that spot where he turned the chokes them oh, into RKO. Listen, and I'm just you know, that was just the first time watching that. Is you can't beat the first time you watch it. And I watched yeah. that live, and I was like, "Yo, that's not bad." Randy Orton got some really early career bangers that um I fuck with. The joint that he got with Mick Foley is fly, fly also. Um, maybe a year after that, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was on. That was on. Um. It was like an unforgiven or a backlash or one of them things. Yeah. They had like the yeah. it was like thumbtacks and old man. That yeah. Dude, this is an electric. He could, he could get a Randy another day. That dude he 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 earned his keep, yo. He, he earned his keep. My final, my final one would be punk versus take grant. That's me 29. Mm-hmm. That's the last really good Undertaker match. And thanks to and thanks to Punk and his antics. That dude get a lot of flack these days. Yeah. I get it. But my God, the way that the stars align, unfortunately, Paul Bearer died. But then 
punk turned the volume up on that shit. Oh, listen, that became the biggest dick that there is, and it just helped. It just helped. You know, he was he was antagonistic that whole match, and uh, it was fun. Like I really hope you know when he looks back at his career eventually, I hope he really enjoyed some of that because I loved it. That match I could watch any day of the week. Yeah, you can elicit the same feeling out of me anytime I watch. I'm like, how you know, Undertaker saying he loved that match too. I don't like, know, but I hope I hope he does. I hope he loves it. I feel like I heard him say or read somewhere that he said that. That is one of the most coolest. Just the way that whole story panned out. Mm-hmm. Ah, that was good stuff. And I, I you know, yeah. I got some decent matches after that. I don't. I thought his brain match was cool. Uh, the the joint with AJ Styles and the, the theatric shit that was cool. But that was oh, like, yeah, match. That was like the last good one. I like WrestleMania 30 because he gave us the little Ministry of Darkness goatee. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite version of Undertaker, but but that as a match, oh no, nah, that that was the one. Like, Twenty nine is like that was peak late uh, career Undertaker. That shit was fire. Those are some of my B sides. I mean, we could, I, I could, you, you all could probably went longer with that, but I, I had to truncate oh, yeah. it somehow. Oh yeah. So I will pick up kind of where you left off. Well, first let me give you my honorable mention. My honorable mention is Mickey versus Trish. Oh, that's good. At 22. That's great. And it's an honorable mention because I don't think it's underrated as a match. I think people always speak highly of that match, and it's one of the best women's matches. But that match was just like, like before then, I can't remember the last WWE women's match that had a plus storytelling, yeah. A plus ring work, yeah. Just like perfect match all around, from the build with Mickey being a stalker to you know the now edited it out vagina hey, grab. Hey man, hey, man. everything about that match was perfect. Ah. It being in Chicago, so the crowd cheering yeah, for yeah. Um, Mickey the entire time and booing Trish yeah, and Jr. Yeah. trying to justify it. Oh, you know these Chicago fans. <laughs> Love it. That's my honorable mention. But my first match is gonna be. So we have another match that we share: Undertaker Orton from Mania Twenty One. Love, love, love that match. Although it's not my favorite Undertaker Orton match, their Hell in a Cell is my favorite. Yeah, that shit's stupid. I, I love that. That's my favorite. That was good stuff. With the the cast, everything. Bob Orton still being around. Uh, I love the callbacks. It's it's important for the longtime fans to have the callbacks, man. Yes. And for the commentators to recognize it. So it's important that JR could be there. Like, he understands the significance of this cast. Yep. Sell that shit to the moon. So it helps to have people like that around Mm -hmm. to educate the younger viewers. You know what I mean? Definitely. But yeah, that 21 match was... A lot of my, most of my matches are from 21. Okay. If you want to know what my favorite WrestleMania is. There's some but, heat um, on it. There's some definite heat on it. The second match I have is, this is from WrestleMania 2000. Okay. It's the triple threat Euro Intercon- Intercontinental title. So it's Jericho, Angle, Benoit, triple threat match. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if it was. Um, Angle leaves with nothing is what I remember. Okay. Was it two out of three falls? I think it was like the first no, no. fall. Yeah, the first fall would be like one person gets one belt. And the second fall would be whoever got the other belt. I think the first fall was for Intercontinental and the second one was for the European. I think that's how it yeah. was. 
Yeah. And I remember Angle didn't leave enough. That's what I remember. <laughs> yeah. Which is like that match was like basically three of the top workers in the company at that time. You know, Jericho and Benoit coming over from WCW, Angle being like, like I, I still think maybe to this day, the quickest transition, him and Brock, the quickest transition from like their amateur sports and pro wrestling. Like those two, like they were good from jump. Yeah. They were good from jump. Like Angle Ronda, Ronda was on that track and then she fell off, man. Hmm? Rhonda was on that track and then she fell off. Cause I don't think she at that I feel like at that point it was a money grab for her. It was always like a bucket or just like did we get this off my checklist type of thing. Could be. The career, you know, combat career is over, so I, Yeah. That makes sense. That makes but that's your threat match. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. Then I have from WrestleMania 17, Angle versus Benoit on that card. Was that a submission match or did they have a submission match at the Rumble? It was a straight up match? The submission match was at the Rumble, I believe. Okay. This match was like as soon as the bell rung, they went 100 miles an hour. It was balls to the wall, high level, amateur, dynamite kid. Type shit just from jump and that and it it doesn't slow down. Okay, those I remember two, this match. I got I got to yeah. like, watch that, but I do remember like high energy. Yeah, those two together were Angle and Benoit. Like we know Benoit did what he did. Sure, sure, sure. We, we understand, and we I, it, it bears mentioning that we that we yeah. recognize that. Yeah, but it can't change the fact of what we've seen in our life, and it already yeah. has its effect. So I I understand. It. Like his matches with Kurt Angle, I think those might be the best matches of Benoit's career in ring wise because he has someone who can match him and his intensity exactly. Like, not just his ability, the intensity was being to be mad. That's just what made that that just uh, that stick out for me. That's a good that's- and you know, you know, no one is ever going to highlight that one for obvious reasons. So that's yeah. I want to bring up. Yeah. I want to bring up. They ain't gonna get yeah. shot the other way. I understand. And I just want people to know, I may low key be a hashtag work rate guy. Right? Okay. But um, the next one I have, the next two are from Mania Twenty One. Eddie versus Ray. Yeah, that's the opener, right? Yes. Eddie and Ray were tag team champions together. Yeah, and it was um I think it was Eddie had never beaten Ray in WWE. He wants to do that, so that that match is so good. I think it's better. Than, it might be. Eh, do I want to say it's better than a Halloween Havoc match? Because uh, they're both their styles are different in each match. Well, Eddie's big. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, because Ray was wearing the baggy pants by then. And he yeah. was wearing those big pants to cover up the knee braces. That had and, to be wild, yeah. yeah, and Eddie's style wasn't... Was high Eddie was bulkier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he wasn't wrestling the same style he was in, like, late 90s WCW, but that match is just... 
like those two can wrestle each other a thousand times. This is true. And a thousand times out of a thousand, it'll be a great match. They just know each other so well. It's uh, up there. Ray wins that match, by the way. Yeah, continue. Spoiler alert. Right. (laughs) The other match from Mania 21 I have is Kurt versus Sean. Oh, well, come on then. Yeah. I ain't mad at that at all. Listen. I ain't mad at that at all. (laughs) Because now I wonder, is is that really underrated? I know people I, no, I don't talk about it a lot though. This is the deal. I think it was spoken about more in the years following it, but nearer yeah. to that time. But because we are WrestleMania 39. So yeah. that match is 18 years ago now. So like as the, the further away we've gotten, the less you've heard it talked about. But it's like, and to yeah. your point with that match, that also had a fun build. We mm-hmm. got to we got to see Sherry one last time for real, like be involved yeah. in something. You know, and people got to get schooled on like that was the original, the original shorty on the song, which the original version of that song is fire with the chick singing it. Mm-hmm. It made all the sense in the world. Like, like so it was it was a great callback. It was really good. Obviously, uh, Kurt Angle and his comedy. Yeah. So that was just, that was perfect. Then they had Mario oh. Gennetti came back and he beat up Mario Gennetti and like it was, it was, was a good that- build, man. Was that the few where we had like Kurt Angle's brother imitating him? There are certain parts. I don't think so. They did that with they did that with Brock. I feel like with Brock, okay. and he was at, he was in the corner acting like he was Kurt Angle, and they turned yeah. around and it wasn't him; it was his brother. And then yeah. they to beat him up. Okay. Um, but this was like this. this is when they had sexy Kurt, and he was doing that stuff, and oh, just a sexy Kurt, sexy Kurt. Mm-hmm. Don't make your ankle hurt. Oh man! Doing the dancing—that stuff was so entertaining. That's why. That's why Angle's in my top ten because he could do serious, intense wrestler, wrestler, and goofy, off the wall comedy. Snap of a finger. Yep. I'm so glad I got to come up during his his time. Mm-hmm. Real. Now that was a good match, and I feel like they 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 had a match after that at Vengeance or something like that, and then Shawn Michaels won that one. But he would never win the WrestleMania one. Like I remember, he beat John Cena in a non-title match on Raw after they twenty-three match. Oh, listen, you know, and they I think the rest of the hour that shit was fire. Oh, the oh, WrestleMania twenty-three with Cena, yeah, that was a good match, man. There's a lot of matches you could have put on 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 your B side. That's a that's a yeah. great match. Actually, the last one I have. Is from Mania 22 again. Edge versus Foley. Oh yeah, that's 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 a good one. Edge, that's, like the, that's the most perfect hardcore match you'll ever see. Rated R superstar Edge. Foley Foley having a nice little run there because I believe that was a time he. I think later that summer is when he wrestled um, Orton. At um no, that was before. It was before. Yeah, because because that Orton match came after WrestleMania twenty. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. right. So it was, it was like that was after that was you know in that year prior to that. What yeah. he did after that was they did uh one night stand number two, and he got oh, and Edge versus Tommy and and Tommy Tommy Punk. Punk. Yeah. yeah, and they did that madness, which was a car crash of a match. Yeah, Terry Funk here was caught up in barbed wire. I don't know what's up with these guys, man. Nah, but that means for our entertainment. I appreciate. Listen, 
that iconic spot, the spear through the flaming table, Edge's face after, like on the floor, convulsing like that. And then, uh, and then crawling to pin him. Yes. Yes. And, like if, and, and he really looks fucked up. If we look at him, like his eyes are bloodshot. Like he he got fucked up. Like, and I don't think like Lita is selling it too. And I don't yeah. think she's like really selling it. I think she's really like God. Wow. Like yeah, that was crazy. You know, even she had like she got hit with the barbed wire too. Her, her she got some blood on her. Like it's that's a mm-hmm. fire match. Twenty two is an underrated WrestleMania. It's it's it basic in a lot of ways, but there's some stuff on there. Vince against Sean was a, ridiculous. I ain't never seen a ladder that tall. For somebody that said I ain't jumping off ladders no more. Get the no, get, no, get out of here. You gotta get it. That was ridiculous. So no, nah, that that's that's a that's a great that's a great list. Yeah, that's a great list. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. We uh, yeah. we no, move we do like our like ranking WrestleMania. I think that's 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 a that's a, a tall task. I think that'd be cool to go and try going into WrestleMania 40. The fact that that's yeah. about to be around for 40 years is like yeah. madness to me. That's crazy. That's Man, crazy. they still doing it, though. They still doing it. I um I don't know if this let me see if I got I don't know if this is the most updated list that I have here. It might be. We could roll with it. Um matter of fact, let me see if we got if, if the WWE posted the uh the nights that they the actual list of the main events and whatnot. Oh, I took the um oh I got it. Okay. And I won in night two? Yeah, so so what we could do, we could we could we could run through our predictions for this weekend. Um, yeah, I took a picture of the screen while watching first take, so I can have a little frame of reference. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to the weekend. I'm, you know, I'm. I'll probably uh, order some pizza and pick up some brews and check out night one. Uh, ESPN has John Cena and Fury uh, headlining, and I'm thinking this is what I'm thinking. Honestly, I actually before we got on the air, like. What's the idea behind John Cena in theory um, headlining? And now it's kind of apparent to me that because it looks like this, this you know for the casual person, they would not really know the Usos and KO or whatever. But if you put oh John Cena's headlining Saturday, it's a yeah. marketing thing, and it's unfortunate because it doesn't really reward. Not I'm not even talking about the talent, but just the the viewer who who watches. It doesn't reward putting that story in a certain spot um, yeah. you think it deserves to be in. There was a lot of talk about Rhea and Charlotte going on last, and I didn't think that would have been the move either. I love both of them as performers. I, just yeah. don't, think have the, I don't think they got the story this year for it. They got a story. I don't yeah. know if it's a headline story. I know? feel like it's tough when it's like it'd be one thing if they were like slow burning the feud before the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Rhea winning the Rumbles will amp it up. Right. They had no interaction before the Rumble, and now Rhea wins it. She has to challenge someone. Right. So, and you got to sell the match. So, you got to do as much as you can between the Rumble and Mania to make the match a big deal. But it's, I mean, what would help that match, honestly, and not, you know, kind of piggyback on that Piper match with Brett? What they gotta do a little bit more, which I would appreciate, do a couple of interviews pre pre match interviews, man. 
Mm-hmm. Like I felt like if you watch WrestleMania eight and you watch that interview right before the Piper Bret Hart match, the both of them have a, a interview face to face with Gene Oakland. Yeah, and it basically sells the match. I don't know if they really had much interaction before that on on the on the TVs leading up to. It. I think that might have been their first like selling the match. And and Piper goes on about how he knows Bret Hart family since he was young and yada yada yada. And he talking some shit and and Bret Hart's like I ain't fuck with all that and they. They get a little scuffle, and he's like, oh, I'm going to beat your ass out there. Like, it was cool. It was entertaining. And it instantly got you interested. Like, oh, man, I kind of want to see your fate now. <laughs> I think what helped, I don't say, I don't think they have to do it specifically that way. But yeah. they need. They both need, like, some promos or something that they of, even if it's on the pre-show, just to add a little bit of sizzle to this thing. Or maybe have some sort of thing happen in the pre-show. They can add it to a video package later that night. Yeah. Just to add a little intrigue. Um, but the match itself would be fine, but we could we could go. I'm gonna start with the the first match you got here. They got the okay. This is what they call the uh, the tag team uh, showcase WrestleMania showcase match. Hey, uh, hey, we just gotta get some niggas on the show. Straight, <laughs> straight up. I was hoping they wasn't gonna go that route this year and just keep it like real yeah. trim the fat. But I'm not. You know, the teams involved. I'm not really a big on Ron Shulman and Ricochet together. People seem to like it though. But the other. But really, the profits at Alpha Academy, they're there every week. I'm not mad at yeah. them being on the show necessarily. But yeah. the, the issue is that no one, none of these people have stories. That's all. Yeah. There's no story involved. Um, I think it's like um, they're on TV every week. So it'll be weird if they're not on WrestleMania. So mm-hmm. let's just throw them on WrestleMania. Which is why we better see Bobby Lashley somehow. Mm. That's all I got. My Panamanian brother. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think, I think. The street profits win this, and I also think there's some shit gonna happen with Alpha Academy and Otis, and Otis gonna get distracted or something like that, and they're gonna get the the, the male model thing. They're gonna do that shit and throw them in there. They, they oh, should yeah. male models. They should do that. That's what I think they should do. Yeah, but wait. I mean, the thing with the street profits is it felt like they were setting up Montez for a big singles run. They seem, I mean, they flirt with you, man. They flirt with it, it seems. Yeah. They, they flirt with dissension between the both of them. I don't know. I don't I mean, know. I guess you gotta wait till after Mania to see how the um the main event scene looks in the upper mid card. Mm-hmm. You see Slot Montez, who's his first feud, where's the trajectory gonna go? Because Montez got it. And not for nothing, man. Dawkins has is doing the damn thing. I'm 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 enjoying yeah. it. We, he's, like, he's, he has improved. He's he's good, man. And the both of them have worked on their bodies and like because yeah. I remember to like have some singles matches. Listen, know? before he got with Montez, I think Angel had like four different tag team partners in NXT because it just wasn't clicking. Yeah, it works with them though. So he's been he's been grinding. He's been grinding. And if they ever break up, they could always revisit it, man. We done seen the outlaws break up and get back. Like they, yeah. they if it's wrestling, that's what we do. They could get back. I'm not really. I'm not blood feud, heartwarming reunion, couple years later. That's how it goes. We've seen the biggest of them fall, man. Who are you taking that match? I'm going to go with. Part of me sees Braun Strowman and Ricochet winning. No, okay. girl. Only because they have. The Alpha Academy don't need to win since they have their own thing going. They do. The street profits don't need to win since they've 
they're basically the second winningest tag team after the Usos. They and are. Then, I have, I'm not interested in the Viking Raiders at all. I like their work. I don't like their gimmick too much. Yeah, they, they like can work, but they get, it's yeah. just. I like their work. They got those Viking, like, weird gimmicks. They just don't like, because there's this other out of place, out of time gimmicks that can work now. Like, when they had the Vault Villains in NXT, that worked. That was good stuff. It was different. But like, the Viking Raiders and before them, the Ascension. Like the those, Ascension was, the Ascension was cool, and then they made it whack. Yeah, for some reason, it just doesn't trick. Like they, they were gonna, like when they hit the main roster, it gets. Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to say it gets cartoonish because it doesn't get cartoonish. Caricature. Really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. It's it's, like now, now you're playing this thing. Like, it's not, yeah, I, I get you it. You things like, oh, I'm a Viking because that's my lifestyle, and. Like, you know, so you are not roasting your your beef on on a campfire. I know you're not exactly. <laughs> they got listed. They got match two. Assuming this is the order they're gonna go with on Saturday, this is one of mm-hmm. my main events. This is Ray versus Dominic, with probably probably aside from the bloodline storyline, the best built feud the whole fucking weekend. Yeah, uh, father versus son. Uh, I kind of think Dominic goes over. What do you think? I can see that because I can see Ray being willing to put his son over. It will be obviously. It won't be fair and square. Like it's but my man didn't get involved or something like that. But yeah, because the thing with it is, is Dominic is not. In ring level wise, at a level yet where he can, it's not believable. Believably beat yes. a Hall of Fame because he can. He can say Hall of Famer, Ray still got it. That's the thing. Yeah, Ray still got it. He's not watched at all. So. Exactly. So He's not watched at all. They're gonna have to play the emotional angle and the psychological angle to um if Dom's gonna win. That's fair. Like Ray couldn't, it's his son at the end of the day. He couldn't, you know, put the nail in the coffin because he loved him so much. Like it wasn't about beating you, it was about getting you to change and getting you to stop. And however they go with this is gonna be very interesting. Yeah. But I'm so invested in that shit. And the fact that they already had the moms on TV, like they all gonna be there. And I'm hoping low-key, because everyone has separate matches in the judgment day except Damian Priest. I hope mm-hmm. we get to hear that damn theme song and get a little Judgment Day entrance between Ray and I mean Dominic and Priest. Yeah, I need to hear that song in that arena. Yeah, when people going stupid, I do not need Dominic Mysterio theme song for that shit. Not even the screwed version. I want what's my what's the Alter Bridge? I want Alter Bridge. <laughs> I want that theme. That's what I'm trying to hear at WrestleMania, man. That's all. That's all I need. I don't know what theme the 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 demon gonna have. So it's mm-hmm. up to Diamond and and uh. Damian Priest. Uh, third match is uh, Seth Rollins. Oh, wait, one more thing. Huh? Do you think they'll try and do some match building during Ray's Hall of Fame speech? Yes. Yes, because they've been doing these Hall of Fames in recent years, like after SmackDown, like they've been doing the stages, the ring. So like it kind of feels like it's fitting for something like that to happen yeah. in that arena setting. 
with yeah. the ring set up and stuff. So like I, I think they will, yeah. I think they will. And I think it'll be welcomed. I think it'll add a twist to the, this Hall of Fame is nice, but it's not, it doesn't have real intrigue. There's there's like several, there's three posthumous inductees, if I'm not yeah. Tim White, it's Andy Kaufman. And I feel like there's someone else I'm missing. Um, who's inducted this year? Is it the Bellas? No, no, they already inducted. Is it Stacey Keebler? Is Rey Mysterio? Muda? Right? You got those. You got those three who are living. And I think you have those other two who are posthumous. It might be one more posthumous. I'm not remembering, but but it's it's definitely those folks. So you need a little something during the show to kind of make it more interesting. Um, Stacey Keeper's legacy, she has a legacy, but it's it's, it's not an entering legacy too much. And so, no. so you know, we respecting her contributions for the time she was there. And I, I mean, if you're gonna call a spade a spade, they're like running thin on woman to end up. I don't think so. They does not. They, people got to agree to it. Look, Jazz need to be up in that shit. I don't know why she's not up in there. Jazz, I think it's Jazz to be in there. Sable need to be in there a long time. See, that's the thing. They got people. That I never understood they how <laughs> Sable hasn't been. It's like Sable is the biggest star. They like they was like, oh, women don't have matches. And I'm like, bro, Sable had like three straight WrestleMania matches in the Attitude Era. Yeah, or at least two. She had. She was at. She was at she was at 12, but she was involved in online. She was at 14 in a in a great match in the mixed tag. She was at 15, right? And these are those are like competitive matches. Like she fought, she fought Tori, I think, at 15 for the women's championship. She was the women's champion at WrestleMania 15 in 1999. Peak attitude era. I don't like WrestleMania 15 like that, but peak attitude era. You know, she she even had a match at WrestleMania 20. I mean, now that she was stripping down at that one. <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean, I you know, I, I there's definitely you could definitely put her in there, you know, and jazz is, is overdue, in my opinion. 100% overdue. You know, so there's 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 people that they could do. I mean, you I don't think you can induct several women a year. You were on yeah, yeah. then, you know, but, but you definitely can stretch it out. I know I know she has issues with Vince personally. Oh, and that's why she hasn't really made any appearances despite being married to Brock for so long. Yeah, but them bills getting paid, so people sell out for them bills. Yeah. But, I mean, but they don't real life. They got they got the money. Yeah. Brock they live in they live in the in the wilderness. So I think Brock's been stacking that money. Absolutely. But I think that's that has to be because like she's a no-brainer. It's egregious. Jacqueline's a no-brainer. Oh, Jacqueline's in it. Jacqueline's in it. Luna's Jacqueline. in it. Luna's so, in, but Luna uh, went in after she died. Yeah. But, but, but those were like Sable's biggest feuds were mm-hmm. Jacqueline, Luna, mm-hmm. Tori. Those three are in Tori, the whole Tori wasn't around long enough, but yeah. Sable's not. Yeah, so it has to be that she doesn't want to be like be involved. Yeah, hopefully she because it's a bit different with the whole Vince not really being around fiasco, but then he's he's back, you know. Eventually. But so I think you know, that, I really think that has to be a thing. Say less. Um, so then, probably what you're looking forward to most is Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins. 
<laughs> I love you, Seth. You my guy. But Logan Paul, here's the thing. I know the match is going to be fun. Logan Paul is another one who surprisingly took to this like a fish to water. Yeah, for sure. Like, so it's just the You can do some better promo work, man. Like putting together a promo. Because he could be an amazing yeah. bad guy, but he's not. Yeah. Like, saying something like, the other night about, like, you know, you guys don't care, huh? I'm like, no, nah, don't talk like that. Like, like he's you're not yeah. even concerned with the fact that we don't like you. And this is laying yeah. the fact that I don't want to be liked. Like just yeah. you know, but um so he could work on that. Yeah, like he did a good job trolling, like he took uh, took Hangman's finisher as oh, his yeah. own. But that shit is fire though. When he do it, everyone says it and it's kind of fucked up. I know Hangman gotta hear it here. That, that Larry that Logan Paul do is crisp as a motherfucker. Yeah. It's crispy. Yeah. He's the only one who he's the only one I've seen other than Hangman pull it off properly. Yeah, with the timing and all. Yeah. You but know. that was a smart play by him. Because he knew that the internet would be talking about that shit. He knew. That part. I think um Seth goes over, I think. He has to. He needs a win. He has to. He lost to Cody last year. Give him his win this year. In a in a in a false finish fest. We will call that. We're gonna we're gonna trademark that name right there because there's so many matches. We'll get into that in other episodes, man. But that was a false finish fest. I enjoyed that match, but goddamn, yeah. it's a false finish fest. I know I can't how false finishes anymore at all of wrestling. It's, it's been done to death for the last 10, 15 years. It's bugged out, man. Like I'm like, yo, just what that first finish hits, I'll be like, nah. Too early. Yeah, because you know it's not. <laughs> too early. You know, like, it's at the point where it's more shocking the first finisher hits, right? And someone and I actually out. like that when it happens. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be done. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But what can I say, man? What can I say? And and the new the new fans have been uh, conditioned for it, so that's why we still have it. Yeah, because like it's, it's it's the it's the the culture. Like, it's not a new thing. No, like, you used to use that sporadically. It used to be used for like every other main event, or like if it's a big feud or a big show. Yeah, but yeah. now it's just like every other match. Now you see that shit on Monday Night Raw, man. Like it's it's not a game. Uh, Becky, Lita, and Trish versus Damage Control. I am glad to see uh, Trish back out there. Um, I'm glad to see Lita back out there. I thought that. Um, I think Becky had a match with Lita at one of those Saudi shows, and I thought it was probably one of Lita's best matches ever. Um, there's moments where she might seem a little off, you know, like coordination wise. Yeah. But um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping like everybody shook everything off for WrestleMania. I, I think it'll be a good show. I'm not really into damage control. I love, I love uh, Bailey, and I love Bailey's behind. <laughs> And uh, but she's she's a great character. She's a great worker, and I don't not like the other chicks. It's just I don't really that group to me is not defined enough for me. It's EO Sky and uh, Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai. Yeah, and um, I'm just not you know I don't know who needs the win out of the both teams. I think I don't know. I don't think Damage Control is. I don't know if they have plans to keep them together. I think they win. But yeah. they don't plan to keep them together. I think I think uh, Trish and and Lita and Becky win. There's also people think that Trish is going to turn 
on Becky somehow to set up like a a match like at SummerSlam maybe or something like that. Um, and Trish as a heel is is good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. I, I like to see I like to see Bailey back as a single like title picture. Yeah, at least floating around it. Um, good in that regard. Io is good. It's just WWE does not know what to do with Asian women sometimes. Well, WWE uh, is predicated on story, and yeah. a big part of that is, is promo. So when yeah. there's language barrier, they have a tough time with it. Um, and it's like not everyone like Asuka can get over because Asuka has great character work, so her, she doesn't really need promos. Even she's though she can she's charismatic. Yes, great yeah. character. During the during the pandemic Thunderdome era, her antics, like her matches, were some of the best things to watch because she was yelling and acting crazy and like. Oh, listen, she understood. Like her generation, I don't know if they still do it, but her generation, like Japanese women's wrestlers, you didn't start as a wrestler. You, you had to, do, yeah, you had to do like pop star stuff, modeling, okay. acting. So you you they put you through basically a boot camp of all aspects of entertainment, okay. and then you start rest you and while you're in wrestling school, okay. and then you start once they see you're honed in enough, then they start putting you on shows. That's why you can go, like if you could you could Google a lot of these wrestlers like Sheeta, um, Oscar, you could find like old modeling pics and like. Them having songs and stuff like that because that's it's just you know Japan is real odd. Well, they normal and they own mine, you know what I mean. But this, they, idol, this Japanese idol shit, like you had to be like K-pop, yo. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. But I think that's why Oscar is so good. She has all those other things going. Like she's acted, she's modeled, she's done. She's been on stages in front of crowds, not just in the wrestling aspect, but in an entertaining Correct. aspect. So she she gets it. That makes sense. That makes sense. So you, a lot of you girls are just wrestlers. Yeah. Like they throw amazing matches. But it's the technique. Right. That makes sense. So who you th- who you think goes over in that match? I think Becky Lee and Trish. Okay. Because I'm trying to think. Um, theory wins, I believe. So gotta win, man. The the send the that make the fans happy matches. I think that's one. So Becky Lynch and Lita win to make the fans happy. The faces win. Boom. Especially when the let two of the faces are the legends. Right. You know. And a and a legend in the making in Becky. Yeah, Becky, Becky's doing the damn thing, man. She's in a good groove. And um, she lost at WrestleMania last year, right? Yeah. So and, that, and yo, I'm gonna say this, man. Bianca's had some great, great dance partners at, at Mania. She's great, don't get me. I'm not nothing, nothing away from her, but and I'm just saying like that match she had with Becky was so damn good at WrestleMania. Yeah. So it was so good. I was so happy that they for the both of them. That was just a good match. Um, the next matchup here is uh, in my opinion, the main event of the night. Uh, Usos versus Sammy and KO. Yes, Sammy and KO yeah. got to win. I mean, this is this is the given. Yeah. Uh, that place will riot 
if that don't happen. So that's that's my choice with that. I think Sammy and K will win that shit. Yes. Like, I'm in a mindset, like, we've been watching wrestling for so long. Not everything new is under the sun. Wrestling can be predictable. Yep. You can watch your story beats and say, they have to win this feud. That doesn't make it any less compelling. Oh, yeah, take me on the ride, man. Yeah. <laughs> KO have to win this match. And if they win this match, it's not going to be like, I knew they were going to win. It's going to be like, they're gonna throw a they're gonna throw a bone in there that's gonna make you go wait a minute and make you think it's not gonna happen. Like, and that's the beauty of it. Like, if you could get me to for a yeah. second think, like, wait a minute, it was yeah. worth everything. Yeah. You know, even if it turns out how I want, if I could just for one second be like, oh, okay, you had me. You nice have. try. Like, you know, I, I I certainly appreciate that aspect of, mm-hmm. of, of storytelling. Um, and a lot of people, I think, on the outside looking in, they don't. They don't watch even the things that they do consume, even just regular entertainment with that in mind of yeah. what the creator is trying to elicit out of you. So they yeah. look at wrestling, but where you watch that? I'm like, bro, they are fucking with us. And it's fun. Right. That's all yeah. it is. They just manipulating us. And you know, if you could, if you could watch it from that perspective, it is it is highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's and the best people who are good at that, they don't want to keep you coming back and, and keep you watching. So that's why you appreciate, but um, the match next they have it is uh Charlotte versus Rhea. And mind you, this is night one, by the way. Like wrestling mm-hmm. is fucking vast. This is one night. This is a, its own pay per view essentially. Yeah, Charlotte versus Rhea. I think Rhea goes over. I think she needs that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlotte has mad moments. Rhea needs a moment where she stands atop on a big stage, especially after initially losing to Charlotte. Um, yeah. Although it was in the performance center, that's out of no, that's out of anyone's control. But um, I think it'll, it'll add a lot of gravitas to the Judgment Day. We're gonna get to this on the next card. I do think uh, uh, the Demon will win. So the Judgment Day coming out of Maine is gonna look crazy. I think Diamond's gonna win. Yeah, you feel me? And it's like everybody would have won in the Judgment Day. So Monday Night Raw is gonna be man interesting, but uh, I think Rhea goes over here. And you need another strong heel faction. Mm-hmm. If the bloodline is going to take the L's, you need another heel faction to take to get W's to build them up. And it'll be very believable. Mm-hmm. And people are legit, you know, which is all the reason why I think Dom has to win by like some type of chicanery. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Demon Balor and, and Rhea, they're going to they gonna gut their shits out, I think. They're going to yeah. really get them wins out. You have to respect them. Um, you know, I think we mentioned this. So, well, yeah, we think we think Theory going over Cena. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna have a fun match. Um, I like Austin Theory. You know, the, the character could use tweaking. He's yeah. new, but I like him. And uh, I think he's growing into this. You know, he needs this win to have legitimacy. Um, yeah, because I think he had, fun, he had a fun character in NXT, mm-hmm. but it was like. Sometimes when you play the dumb, the dumb guy, mm-hmm. it's hard to have people take you seriously after that. And I know they're trying so hard to like shed that when he was with um Gargano and um in NXT Indy. They're trying to shed that whole goofy image and present them as more serious. So this is the win that they hope cements that for him. Because I heard he cut a good promo. 
He did a promo in the empty arena on Raw. But I don't mm-hmm. I, I don't mind his promos in general. I mean, they they could work. He has his days, but he's pretty solid to me. Yeah, but I feel like you'll be expecting out of these. Like, yo, there's he's pretty good. He'll get better. Yeah. Like that's his one weakness because he's great in the ring. He's an athlete, like all that. But once I he I think he's easy to hate. I think he's yeah. really fun to hate. You know, you hang out with he should be hanging out with Orton. But we'll see. You know, the rumors he might he might be like mentoring him on that. All right, when I was in evolution as a legend killer and I was just young, smart me, blah 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 blah. That's you know what also that could be a that I would say that could also be a feud storyline, but it's like you don't want to want the belt off of theory no time soon. So it might not work out that way. So it might go your way how you how you how you bring it up, possibly. Yeah. We'll see if we get Orton Batman. I, I miss that dude. I miss that dude. We'll see if we get a sighting. We moved on to <laughs> we moved on to night two, which I think looks like it has less matches, but makes sense because there's, there was a hell in a cell match in the middle of the card, so got to give that time. Um, so the first match here is the WrestleMania Showcase Tag Team Turmoil vibe uh, with the ladies, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez versus Natalia and Shotzi versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Versus Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. This sort of looks like a hodgepodge of teams. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I believe Carmella got hurt or is ill. So our best to her. Because she was supposed to team with Chelsea Green. And that was supposed to be more of a team that made sense. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to her. Hope she's all good. I guess well soon. I think Ronda and Shayna probably win this match. Uh, they're the most defined tag team. Yeah, they got this. Ronda could use a win. Uh, they could bully everybody in this match. Well, Ra- Raquel Rodriguez is kind of tough, you know what I mean? But they could bully a lot of people in this match. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Ronda and Shayna Baszler. I'm leaning that way, too. Um, this match is interesting because half the women are good wrestlers. Half of them aren't that great. Yeah. But they're more character wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Ronda and Natalia back in the day used to go at each other on mm-hmm. Twitter. So I wonder if there's some real... Throw some potatoes in there? Listen, because the way Ronda was talking about those, <laughs> the videos, Natalia and her sister. Yeah. Her yeah. Son, that rabbit hole. Natalia's sister is a hang, yo. Good name. She's a hang. These those their videos are weird. I'm not gonna lie. They're a little, a little sus. They they're real close. Sus. They're real but close. I think it's like that on purpose because they're trying to attract a certain audience. Yeah. And, you know, they, they know subscribers up. But I saw videos. She's like they giving each other the sharpshooter and like evening gowns. I'm like, all right, this is so. <laughs> this got to be some weird fetish shit. Like, yo, man, they uh, her sisters out there showing them bangs. Bangs and bangs are stinging. Um, yeah, I think yeah, Ronda and Shayna. I don't know what they're doing with Liv or Raquel, honestly. Raquel and Liv, who was Raquel teamed with before? It wasn't Liv, right? She was teamed with somebody during their like tag team tournament stuff, right? Was it Liv or no? It wasn't Liv. I don't think so. Who tagged with someone else? And they were like they were favorites. I think it was Aaliyah, maybe. I think so. I think Aaliyah got injured, didn't she? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. 
so yeah, that's you know, Raquel is someone that they believe in. Um, so we'll see. I think Raquel works better as a heel. Raquel? Yeah, like when she was in NXT. Yeah. Her and Dakota Cat together, I think, were a nice little team. Okay. I'm not familiar with her heel work. I gotta look back at that. Yeah, it was like Dakota Kai was like the little shit talker and Raquel was her muscle. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. I think um well next match is the spectacle. Brock versus Omas. I just think Omas might go over here. That sounds crazy. I don't know. I don't know. Brock is very selective with who he chooses to put over and make look good. Yeah, but he's been making him look good. He's been making him look good. And Omas has no wins at Mania yet. Yeah, and Brock is one of those... No, he does. He does. He won with AJ Styles a couple years ago. Oh, they were tag team champions, aren't they? You know what? Maybe maybe Brock goes over because Brock hasn't had success against Omas yet. So maybe that's when his success comes. And the thing is, like, it's one thing to put Omas over. It's another thing for Brock to put him over at WrestleMania. Yeah. So I don't know if that happens. Um, Omas goes over and it's, like, the best Omas match we've ever seen thus far, I think think we're all right with it. I mean, we ain't setting the bar that high, but I'm just saying, like it that might justify it. I don't yeah, know. I feel like Brock is a type he can work with any style. I think Brock's hindrance is he locks into his own style not too often. Cause when you watch like watching his last few matches and then watching his like 2002, 2003 run, it's mm-hmm. completely different. He's oh, older, oh. yes, but it's still... Yeah, but he, was a, he was a wrestler in that in his first yeah. run. He's more like, I'm a fighter in this run. He, yeah. And the thing is, he can wrestle. I would, I would love to see a match like that again from him. Just one time. Yeah. Like, yo, yeah, just, front face locks, arm bars, shoulder blocks, you know, elbow drops. Like, I'll be fly. I guess Actually, I'm still waiting. Yeah. You know, he's not as agile as he used to be, and I think part of it was the agility mixed with his size is what. But back in the day, that was the appeal. Yeah, that can be. And his freak, he's freakishly strong. He's still so, that. He's still that. Um, having that five another shark for this SummerSlam promo this year. <laughs> Yo, low key, I will say it's about SummerSlam. I like what they're doing with the branding recently. Like wherever city they're going to, they make the branding. Look like that city. So last year it looked like an old western thing when it was in Nashville. Yeah. This year they're gonna be in Detroit where they had WrestleMania 23, and it looks more like a Motor City Ford logo. So shout out to them and they brand because I, I do like that they have these new logos coming out instead of like the same old logo we had seen for years at a time. Um, yeah. It makes it feel more unique and more custom. I appreciate that. Um, Summerfest. <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. I just, I just I just came across a list where they had listed that thing when they were talking about the uh the hort the uh the raw host ever. Yes, host, yeah. And they they brought that shit up. That that's hilarious. Jeremy Summer Me and my friends never like we still call it Summerfest. That's horrible. With each other to this day. 
that's the risk you run when you when you let these outsiders in, man. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have the uh, Hell in a Cell with Finn Balor, the Demon versus Edge, the, the the current leader of the Judgment Day versus the former leader of the Judgment Day, and I think that helps put a cap on this chapter for Edge. So whoever he gets involved with afterwards will be interesting. Yeah, um, he probably took a nice break after this. I expect a yeah. brutal match. Actually, uh, I think Demon Balor wins. I think Demon Balor needs a win in general because the last time we saw him was in the Performance Center or the Thunderdome, and he fell out the blue with Roman Reigns, and no one knows how the rope broke still. Oh, listen, Roman did it for the Rock or something like that. But the rope broke. About that. <laughs> I don't know what happened to that rope, son. And then this dude started convulsing. They don't even, they're not even trying to, to they don't even revisit the stupidity of that. That, that yeah. one. It's um, like um, AEW with the death match and the fireworks not oh going. My God. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was jokes. Oh my God. Yo, save yourself. Save yourself. The, the Gilbert Sparks. <laughs> oh man. But even oh, that goes over. Oh. I think that'd be one of the good, like one of the matches of that night. Let's hope Papa H let them get a little color, man. Let's get some color, Papa H. It's a little, it's a little color, you know. That'd be nice. Yeah, I feel like Edgewood. You know, uh, we also have no, and no red cell. I heard it's not. I heard they got the regular color back. Good. Yeah, I heard they got the regular color back. I seen that in some of the lead up. I've been seeing clips of the WrestleMania set. Which looks like it's gonna be gargantch to steal a a term from uh Peter Rosenberg and the cheap heat crew. Shout out to them. Gargantch, it looks like the set is gonna be. Uh so yeah, I uh the next match here, I'm looking forward to this actually. I am a big in recent months, I've become a big Gunther fan. I love their commitment to their character. I love that they're just so serious and they're just like, bro, what is this? You put me in a triple threat? Like it's supposed to be man against man. And, you know, I love the whole <laughs> shit. Like, I just, hilarious to me. Listen, um, that is my, I think that's not second or third match I'm looking forward to the most. Because if there's one thing about me, I'm going to be on that big meaty man slapping me. Yes, yes, yes. And and them dudes, them dudes physical man, like they will they will really chop each other. They will beat they each other's ass. Yes. Like, yes. I'm not really. I wasn't to me. I really wanted like another showdown between Sheamus and and uh, and Gunther because that class of the Castle shit was beautiful. Yeah, especially with them showing like Brett against Bulldog prior, mm-hmm. and Brett was there. They just made it feel like it was a thing. And I'm like, this is what the game is missing, Papa. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And then they just had a great match. I'm like, yo, I want them to have another one-on-one, but I understand they want to get Drew on the card. And yeah. So I respect it. And I like Drew McIntyre, and I like his work. So, you know, we'll see, you know, what they, what they do. I think Gunther goes over, though. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think maybe that could just spawn into, I guess, more of a McIntyre-Sheamus feud, or maybe they can just shake hands and say, hey, man, better man one. I don't know what they're going to get up with then. No, but that's, yeah, I love, like, they're gonna lay into each other. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be some forearms to the face, chops to the chest, boots to the head. It's gonna be. And at a, some point in the match, you, you, will, 
at some point in the match, you will get the Gunther uh, Sheamus face off. Mm-hmm. And I think that will uh, suffice by people like myself, I guess. That's yeah. like, we want one on one, you know. But I think Gunther goes over. I think he continues his historic reign. Maybe he beats Honky Tonk's record. You know, I'm with that. He's the he, right guy for it. Yeah. And he's one of those dudes who WWE was smart enough to not change. Because on the Indies, his big aura was like, oh, this dude just lays into people, mm-hmm. leaving handprints on people. You see the skin rippling on people's bodies when he chops them. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they didn't veer too much from that. Yeah, I can when see. Because I know, like, sometimes with the indie wrestlers, they want to shed what made them popular and then right. mold them into what they want. But nah, he's, he's pretty much working the same type of, of way. I think his character work is turned up. Yeah, and changed his name. Yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the Gunther thing now. Um, and, and shout out to, I think, shorty name is Samantha Irving. She's like the ring announcer. Mm-hmm. I think she's like engaged to Ricochet or something like that. She's a black young lady. In my opinion, the best ring announcer since Howard Finkley, who was the best of all fucking time. But when she be saying Gunther name, that should be sounding like this. It's like anything she says is it's a it's an event. You know, when she called any wrestler name, it feels like an event. You mm. know. So I gotta shout her out. I'm looking forward to all her calls. I know there's another dude, I think, on Raw that does the calls, but no, yeah. knock on him, man. I just I want Samantha to do everybody's shit on WrestleMania Week. That's all I want to hear Samantha announcing people all weekend long. Like, that's what the streets need, Papa H. Not that he'll he'll hear this. If he does, <laughs> man, you're in the right place. You know. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, so. Then next match here is uh, Bianca and Oscar. Um, I think Bianca goes over. But I'm not mad if Oscar wins. Like it's it'd be cool if, if, if Oscar wins. But oh, I think I don't know. I if they care about a streak for Bianca at WrestleMania, then I guess she won't. She'll win, and maybe she'll lose at the next show. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm on the fence because I love Bianca. She's great, and Oscar. But I think Oscar needs a moment. Yeah, because she like, didn't she beat Charlotte that WrestleMania main event. She lost to Charlotte twice, I believe. I think she was hurt last year, so she wasn't even on the show last year. Right. Um, But they need... She needs to win. She needs to win. Because if you want to keep her in that upper tier of the women, she has to have statement wins. She can't just be, oh, she'll appear at the big one, but always lose. Not give her, especially. Do you see the pop she got at the Rumble when she came back? We missed her. <laughs> Let her get her right, because she she's older. She can though. Yeah, I think she's on the back nine of her career. Yeah, because she was older when she got to. She already had a career by the time she got to. Yeah, end. yeah, yeah. I think she might be in her mid thirties, late thirties. I want to be in her early forties. I think she's early forties. Yeah, she might be. You but know. yeah, give her her big moment. You know, um the mist is coming out. That's all I know. Yes, yes. Might, in matter of fact, I think she might tease it. I think she might act like she's gonna do it and let it drool, and then she's gonna bust it yeah. out for real, like later in the match. Like so she's and that's the other thing. This is an incarnation of a character that she used in Japan, but right. she's only now using it for the first time in WWE. Yeah, so you know, I don't know shit about it. 
Yeah. So <laughs> let her. I think it was Akane. I can't remember what the alter ego's name was, but um, Akana or something like that. I think yeah, something like that. So basically, like her being Finn Balor. They. I also think maybe the ref might get misty though. Hey man, ref bumps old school. I still love them. The ref might get misted, and then and then she get the KOD, and then no one can count, and then another yeah. ref come down, and then she kick out of it now, and Bianca can't believe it, and then she missed Bianca. Yeah, <laughs> it's like nigga, two missed in the light, <laughs> and then she wins like that. And I think that's a good way to get Bianca yeah. to lose legitimately and be like, especially on the weekend when the great mood is getting inducted. Imagine, imagine if he got involved in that shit and he you missed somebody. That would be some heel heat. That would be some heel heat. She should have Muda come out with her. That would be Ooh. And that would make your antennas go up. It's like, nah, this yes, it would. If he comes out in a mask or his face painted, mm-hmm. it's bad news, man. It's bad news for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I hope they have a bang-up type of match, man. I, they definitely can do it. I don't think I've ever seen them really wrestle each other like that, so... Yeah, I'll enjoy the hell out of that. Um, no, they're gonna deliver. They're gonna deliver. Obviously, uh, while we're all here, the main event: Roman Reigns versus the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. For this is the longest championship name in the world, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match. Um, Why do they just call it the Unified, bro. I don't know. They just their marketing is just they be they have their reasons. Yeah, we don't have to like deal with it much longer. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think Cody Rhodes, it's the right time. I think it's the right time for Cody Rhodes to get it. Right time for uh a wrinkle to be put in this whole bloodline thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not mad if Roman wins. You know, I'm sure they'll figure it out. But I think Cody goes over. That's my that's yeah. my pick. Cody has to go over. I feel like. You've done everything you can at this point with Roman. Like, you've exhausted every heel thing. I think he has to lose and then take a break. Yeah. Come back as a face. That would depend on how this how he, thing shakes out. Yeah. Total, like, how the Usos react after losing. How does yeah. that play into the, into the next night? You yeah. Know, what, what type of stuff they got planned? Like it should be. I think though. I think they all deserve a vacation. Not a vacation, but they've basically been carrying the brunt of the company's shows for yeah. three years now. Almost three years. Yeah. So they right. need they need a break, a little vacation. And I always believe when you've been on TV that long, you need time away from the fans. You don't want to be overexposed and oversaturated and like because I will say at one point like before the Sammy stuff, yeah, I was tuning out. After after he beat KO last year, was it? Was it Street Fight? Or like after I was like, all right, there's really no one left for Roman to like. He beat Lashley. He beat he beat Drew. Mm-hmm. He beat Brock finally. It's like, who else can it be? He hasn't faced Cody yet. Cody's fresh. Cody's back. We never 
two years ago, we never thought we would be seeing this match. Hell no. Like, at one point, we thought Cody was a lifer with AEW and that he wasn't going anywhere. But anything could happen in the World Wrestling Federation. That's what you're yes. <laughs> So Cody needs it. It's, it's good for wrestling overall because it's the first or second best story in all of wrestling coming to a, a beautiful conclusion. Mm-hmm. It continues Cody's whole I have to, my legacy is important because of my dad and I got to be a champion, this, that, and the third. And you need a fresh baby face champion. Like, someone's about to start, you got the run going, you need a fresh baby face champion. Like, we've had let's see, MJF and now Roman Impact champion just had to drop the title because he got hurt. Let's not forget about Tyrus. I'm gonna forget about Tyrus. We all should forget about Tyrus. But um, I think wrestling right now needs a big baby face, especially with the type of heel MJF is and Roman is. Like they've been so, like they have a gravitas around them as far as their heel work is. So we need a big baby face, cheesy American nightmare Cody. But people actually like him. Like, yeah. I'm I'm bought into it too. I was telling my one of my cousins uh earlier this week, I said, I think his uh his theme song is like the new Real Americans. And mm-hmm. I think Real American is like mad corny now. I think it aged yeah. badly. It might be. I think it's a, that yeah. song has aged horribly. But I'm like, this shit, this shit sounds like it could have been in Rocky. It just sounds it's not like a montage, you know, again, like it's fun to, it's fun to see. You it's know? funny because in like the AEW like message boards and shit, mm-hmm. like the whole thing was making up your own lyrics to that song. Oh, and really? it's just, it doesn't matter what you say as long as it's something, something, Cody Rhodes. Like it has to end like that. <laughs> and then um, he, he needed the move. Mm-hmm. It was refreshing for him because he did not want to be healed. And that was a problem in AEW. Everyone wanted him to be healed. It wasn't that the fans didn't want to see him. They wanted him to be healed. And he fan just, base. That fan base. Yeah, they wanted him to be healed. And and, and I'm not going to be a, an ardent defender of wrestling fans in general, but in their defense, he kind of leaned into it with some of the things he was doing. Yeah. He was kind so of like he, was, he was straddling for a while. Even the like that last promo he cut, like I don't have a contract right now. So he and then he also painted himself in the corner with that not allowing himself to ever channel challenge for the world title. Yeah. That was that was such a market employee. They could have got you. His wrestling, though, they could got out of that easy. Yeah, I mean, if he go, if he ends up going back to AEW, mm-hmm. then he can do. It. He's like, oh, my contract's up. It's a new contract. Boom, 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 boom. And he I think never, I, he will never go back. I think he would go back for one reason, two reasons. Another story he, to finish. 
He's gonna bring, yeah, you know, there's no bad blood between him and like the front office and him. I feel like what they were building to eventually, because here's the problem. The thing I love and hate about AEW is they do like long form storytelling, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's too long and they, they lose the plot. I think they were eventually going to do, they were going to run back MJF versus Cody. Because in the beginning, MJF came in as Cody's, you know, protege, mm-hmm. best friend. MJF's first big feud was with Cody, you know, the strap match beating. Like, I, th- I remember the first, the night, the episode of Dynamite where he's lashing. Cody Rhodes, yeah, 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 yeah. like the arena, like he had the arena was like bought into that shit. Like they were invested in that shit. They were invested in that. AEW was mad fun. It felt like it really felt like WCW 2.0. Yeah, like a little bit more younger and more refined. Yeah, it so was, I think that was eventually going to be a through line. So I think if he wanted to do anything, he would come back to do that feud. And to like, if it meant, if he knew he was going to be a, have a world title run, because ego wise, not ego wise, but I feel like it. I don't think he needs it to cement his legacy as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I feel like a personal legacy would be like, I helped start this company. I'd like to be one of the world champions. Sure, I mean it's it's, it's a novelty. Yeah, I feel like. Bro, once you get a tape, once once this dude wins this belt in front of whatever amount of thousand people is in uh, SoFi, which is a huge ass building, yeah, man, not, nothing's touching that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not saying AEW might be able to grow to a point where they could get mm-hmm. to something like that, maybe, but it'd be years away from that. I, yeah, I don't see it. It'll, it'll be cool, but like the novelty would be cool. I'm like, bro, when you get a taste of winning that belt on the biggest stage in the whole industry. Which is still indisputable. Um, hey man, hey man, I, yeah. I look forward. I, I absolutely look forward. I, I look forward to Mania this weekend. I look forward to doing more uh, episodes of this show. Mm-hmm. Know, I don't know how often we trying to come at you guys. I don't know if it's going to be weekly or biweekly. We could figure that out. Um, you know, there'll be a little more structure than this. Yeah. You know, normal episodes. So we just we'll work on some segment names. And whatnot, but we wanted to get this out. It was important to get it out. They say it's better to get it done than get it perfect. That's what they yeah. say. So, yeah. uh, but I think we did pretty damn good, y'all. I think we did all right. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Like, um, you know, any technical difficulties we had to experience this week? We'll learn. <laughs> think we should. So I don't we don't we didn't really describe the type of fan quote unquote we are because one thing I want to do we is, alluded to it, but yeah. One thing I definitely want to do is make a clear distinction between the type of wrestling fan we claim to be. Like we are not the majority of wrestling Twitter. Oh yeah, we're not that. Yeah, we're not. Harassing wrestlers, making personal attacks on wrestlers. Oh, there's no. I don't believe in like wars between companies. 
because the more wrestling there is, the better. The better for the industry itself. Um, I don't own cargo shorts. No, not anymore. No, not the neck beard shit. Not the basement. Not the everything. My t-shirts are not oversized. Yeah, and I don't want. And it's like, oh, you just stereotyping wrestling fans, bro. I've been to these shows. These dudes exist, and they're the overwhelming majority of people at those shows. They make us look bad, man. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> we are more nuanced because we we don't we understand this business enough where we can form on our our opinions based on facts and not feelings most of the time. I think it, you also have other interests that helps. Yes. Like some people yes. got some people wrestling yeah. fight. I'm like, I I enjoy this thing like nobody's business, but like yeah, I you know. So there is some objectivity in how we look right. at it. I will miss wrestling to go to the club. One thousand percent. And I'll catch I'll catch I'll catch the SmackDown clips after. Like mm. gotta have a little life, man. I'll DVR it. Yeah, like that's without a doubt. That's yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> I just want to make get that clear because there's that. But people will get the block. People will get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Once they yeah, they get the idea. They cool. you know, no, no, no hot takes for the sake of hot takes. Yeah, I agree with that. If we give a hot take, we're gonna have reasoning behind it. There's gonna be an explanation, and not just because if I, if something's chalked up to I just don't like this, I'll just say you know what, I just don't like it, which is fair. Yeah, which yeah, which is very fair. Yeah, there's, there's, a ton of, there's a ton of that. But yeah, the one thing I really want to think is like the personal attacks that fans like, especially in nerd culture. So like all these um, niche subgenres like wrestling is a niche subgenre of entertainment mm-hmm. like comic books mm-hmm. video games to an extent like they all have these subcultural fans who are very toxic because they think their passion for the subject gives them the permission to be toxic to the people mm-hmm. and no no harassing people no twitter harassing we stand against all of that. Yeah, that shit corny. Yeah. There's no way to explain that. 100%. I, just, I would have to make sure I got that out there. But as far as our philosophies and watching wrestling in general, yeah, I grew up... I grew up on WWE basically from the middle end of the new generation on. Um... I've fallen out of love with WWE a couple of times. That's understandable. I've went long spans without watching. So, like, there was a, the reign of terror. This is when the first brand, first brand split happened. And Triple H was, like, feuding with Scott, having terrible feuds with Scott Steiner and this, that, and the third. And, Never lost. Yeah, so I was in retrospect should have should have that was Scott Steiner wasn't up to par anyway. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, that was a period where that dude was not losing. I remember. Yes, yeah, so I was heavily invested into TNA, and I started into Ring of Honor, and 
all these other indies. I would watch DVDs. Like I would go to like um, I would go to like the video store and like in the little five dollar bins, and yeah. they'd have all any indie wrestling DVD. Although I did get a couple of gems in there. I got Bret Hart's WWE documentary in a five dollar bin once. I miss those stores, man. The, they can't thrive no more. Them stores were quick. Yeah. It was yeah. But yeah, I'm, so I'm well versed in indie stuff. Japan, Japan, not so much because it's hard to access that stuff. But I have info on that, so that's my opinion is formed of the more modern yeah. indie. But not to say that I don't long for the certain old school aspects of wrestling that I think are lost. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm a- I, I consider myself a stickler a little bit, you know, but I don't let it take away from my joy what I'm seeing. I mean, I, like I said, I'm I'm a WWF kid. That's how I grew up. Um, eventually got into WCW a little bit more as I got older. Um, but I've been watching. I, my my earliest memory is like probably since like 93, I want to say I've been watching, you know. And then back then we had video stores. So like even if I was in 95, I would still go to video stores and, and rent old shows you know and that's so why I, I got a lot of history on what was happening before me from that and reading like pwi so shout out to yeah. after and all them people yeah um i got a lot of game that's how i learned about like i'm like lex nuga was a champion <laughs> i was like what you just learned <laughs> these things i'm like i yeah i had no idea i'll sit there in the barbershop sometimes just like read these articles and i thought you know if i picked up something from king's plaza you know they used to have a newsstand in there i used to get them the mm-hmm. magazines from up in there and um so that's, that's why I got a lot of my stuff from, and and, and there's just little things that I, nuances that I think I wouldn't say they're lost because even MJF got some great heel tactics sometimes. I'm like, this is what we yeah. miss, you know. Get yeah. him back, you know. Like I love that yeah. stuff. Get him back before I get in this ring. Oh, like I love it. Um, there's little things I'm missing these days, and the people will come to know like what I'm a stickler for. We're gonna get into the thigh slapping and the false finishes, and the, yeah. we'll get into that in future episodes. Um, no guy slapping. <laughs> yeah, like this. Let's 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 cut that out, man. Um, yeah. So yeah, but I, that's that's certainly where I come from. I'm, be, I'm very much on the mainstream side of things. You know, I can give you all kinds of info on mainstream stuff. I I, I got a lot of knowledge on anything damn near WWF, like damn near anything. Um, and a lot of WCW, but yeah, I'm not versed in the indie world like yeah. that. I don't. I didn't know John Moxley till he showed up on AEW. I know the Ambrose. That's what I know. Yeah. And so like that's just sort of how I run with it. I heard names before. I remember, yeah. Especially in PWI, I used to see like the ECW names. I'll see RVD and Sabu. Like I had knowledge of them people, but yeah. because Channel 14 would say ECW was on at 1 a.m., they would never be on when I turned the channel to the channel. I never got to see them until like they started invading. And I'm like, oh, these are these people from yeah. PWI. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, I used to. Yeah, I, I never got to see it. So I mean, right. I had to like educate myself. Yeah, you know, as time went on, but uh, that's sort of my perspective where I come from with it. And uh, yeah. also, before we end, I just want to shout a couple shows like just people that uh certainly influenced my desire to want to uh, get into podcasting again. Definitely. And so I definitely want to shout out like uh, definitely Cheap Pete. I listen to a lot. And uh, they're heavily entertaining. Rosenberg and the fellas, it's that guy Greg. Um, shout out to them. Uh, Dipperstein. I don't want to forget his name either. Uh, 
you know, uh, Black Announce Table, which is, I wish I, we thought of that name. That's a oh, perfect Listen. name. Listen. Shout out to Chrissy. We briefly, Miss Suku, we briefly worked together. Maybe I, for like a week or two. I, I, I wish we thought of that name. They are geniuses. Nah, they got it. They got it. You know, uh, Tears. Shout out Jabba Tears. Shout out uh, those wrestling girls. Uh, it's people I listen to. I like uh, the Extra Cooler show. Shout out to those guys. You know, people I listen Public to. Enemies. Who's that? Public Enemies. So shout out to I them. think they have the best like Twitter account as a podcast as well. I need to follow that here. Yeah, now Public Enemies is always. Yeah, they always they always cross in the culture with wrestling. So. Oh, yeah. You know, shout out Storyline Tees also. I, I ordered some tees the other day. They got some cool shit. Um, so I'm gonna get my, my wrestling tea game up. But um yes. but, but this has been fun. I think um I guess eventually we'll come up with like a an Instagram handle and shit. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get more more organized, you know. But you know, my name is Khalil. You know, y'all could definitely follow me on IG at damn it pops, D-A-M-N-I-T-P-O-P-S. Or on Twitter at Damn Pops, E-A-M-N-P-O-P-S. Uh, yeah, see my musings over there. You can follow me on IG under Bohemian underscore Trapsody. So like the movie or the song Bohemian Rhapsody, just with an underscore and a T in front of Rhapsody. And that's me. Twitter, I think I'm going to you leave that alone. Check my Twitter. I might have to clean that up a little bit. Make sure before I start giving that out to people. Let me, you know. Thank I think we're gonna make one just for the show and just tweet through that. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm with that. Yeah, but then I'll yeah I'll eventually put my own Twitter on there, so that way you're not my thoughts are my own thoughts and not the thoughts of the show overall. Right. You know. <laughs> It's all good, man. But I, you know, appreciate y'all for listening. We're gonna come back with it one more time. I think this was a great big first mega episode. I think yes. it got a good taste yes. of who we are, you know, and uh enjoy WrestleMania. Yes, I will be watching. It's a big one of my favorite things about WrestleMania weekend is it's big in all of wrestling. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow, like even this week, we had you know Raw on Monday, NXT on Tuesday. Dynamite yesterday. Impact is tonight. If you get access TV, I think the ROH show streams tonight online as well. Yeah. Tomorrow is SmackDown. Yeah. The Hall of Fame. Yeah. Ring of Honor has a pay per view tomorrow. Yeah. Um, AEW Rampage is on tomorrow as well. Is Rampage live? Do you know? That'd be crazy for live. I believe it's taped. Okay. It's taped, yeah. The only they they usually go live on pay per view weekends or like if they're in a huge city. Okay. But yeah, not. I think they're taped because the ROH pay per view is happening tonight, so they need. Oh yeah, that's that's their brand. That's right. Yeah, that's their brand too. Their brand. Okay. And Saturday, not only WrestleMania Night One, but I think Stand and Deliver as well. And in the afternoon, yeah. In the afternoon, yeah. And then night two on Sunday. And then Raw again on Monday. It's, and then, like, it's, and, 
and I think it's WrestleCon this week, and WrestleCon is every WrestleMania weekend, I believe. But every convention, every indie show is gonna have a big show, so it's a huge WrestleMania. Weekend. Everybody eats WrestleMania weekend. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wale Mania's tonight, I believe. Shout out Wale Mania too, man. I, I got to go when they had WrestleMania 35 out here, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kofi Mania weekend. I. This is a funny story. This is very random. I'm going to, I'll probably end on this, but I had to go use the bathroom. Booker T was in the bathroom when I was taking a piss. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I would love to say hi to Booker T, but I don't think he'd really appreciate me bothering him during his piss. Yeah, and I, you're no brother. <laughs> I did get to speak to Queen Charmelle briefly. Like later on that night, she was walking around. She was really sweet um, and endearing, man. So shout out, shout out to Wale, Wale Mania, Kaz. Who uh I did yes, uh, recently at a, a premiere for the shop. Well, we sat next to each other, but I, I didn't yeah. want to bother. I didn't want to bother dude. All the black journalists doing it in wrestling, except for that one guy. Yeah, I don't know who that guy is, but we don't. I, you don't, if you don't mess with him, then we don't mess with him for a reason. Say like, I ain't gonna say his name. I ain't gonna say his name. Say enough. We won't. Okay. Y'all know who he is, but we won't. Oh, y'all, y'all can speculate who it is, but. Mm-hmm. But we want y'all to enjoy the weekend, man. We sure as hell will. We're going to be tuned yeah. in. Hopefully, yeah, we probably get back to this hopefully next week and have a, a review, you know, what the yeah. night, what, what the nights were and the whole deal. But you guys enjoy, be safe, happy wrestling. Man, you baby. <laughs>